This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this morning. Why does he do that? Well, it makes the devil mad. Amen. Amen. We're in this series, The Miracle of Seed Faith Giving, and the title this morning is Every Miracle Begins with a Seed. I have become so alarmed by the inflation numbers, I have decided to once again teach Oral Roberts' principles on the miracle of seed faith giving. A woman in our church reports that out of all the products her company represents, they are up on average 30% in one year. And a young man in the church reported to me that his family just crossed the $1 million mark in net worth. And I asked him, do you feel wealthy? And he said, no. You've got BlackRock buying up homes. You've got Bill Gates buying up farmland. You've got this president printing $1 trillion every six months. It's literally a recipe for disaster for the middle class and for retirees. Millions will slide into poverty in this president's four years. Millions. And this is where we are as a country. And so if God's people do not learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision and start believing God, and start following the leading of the Holy Spirit of God and start confessing the Word of God and start taking action on the Word of God, millions of Christians in this country will sink from the middle class into the ranks of poverty simply because of inflation. And I don't want that to happen to you because I love you. Third John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I love you. I don't want to see you poor. I hate what poverty does to people. I hate poverty. I hate what poverty does to people. So here we go, teaching something I've not taught for 16 years, Oral Roberts' principles on the miracle of seed faith giving. The great apostle of faith and healing, Smith Wigglesworth, used to say that Mark 4, 28 was his favorite verse in the Bible. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full kernel in the ear. Now over the next few weeks, I'm going to be teaching the miracle of seed faith giving, and I'm going to show you how you can use this principle in your life to step up to the next level financially. The Lord reminded me this morning, 
You know, if you men don't have ears to hear and eyes to see, well, God will use a woman. And he, was, he reminded me when I was walking and praying this morning, many, many years ago, Sue and I read an article about a secretary in Dallas who, I believe she worked for an attorney's office. I, I'm not sure about that. But those were typewriter days. And she was so tired of having to start over on a page and retype it because of a mistake. And she invented something called whiteout. And got it patented and sold it, I think it was to 3M or somebody, and never had to work another day in her life. Amen. Amen. Just an idea. Amen. Now that's already been invented. People don't use typewriters, so, you know, think of something else. Amen. <laughs> so today's message is every miracle begins with a seed. And I have to tell you that when Sue and I sat there and listened to Oral Roberts explain this to us about 35 years ago, I was mesmerized because I'd never heard anything like it before. He used the birth of Jesus as an example. He said Father God wanted to save mankind from his sin, rebellion, unbelief, and disobedience because man could not save himself. Man needed a miracle, but how to do it? And the salvation of man began with a seed. And God planted a seed by the Holy Spirit into the womb of the Virgin Mary and thus began the miracle of salvation for us all. Every miracle begins with a seed. Say it out loud. Every miracle begins with a seed. And I saw, I realized that any time in my life going forward, when I would need a miracle, I would have to plant a seed. Why? Because every miracle begins with a seed. Say it again out loud. Every miracle, every miracle begins, with begins with a seed. Again, every miracle, every miracle begins, with a seed. begins with a seed. And today's message explains how Sue and I have lived supernatural lives. Today's message explains how God took the $20,000 we gave to pioneer this church in 1984 <clears throat> and turn it into over $20 million of assets today at Faith Christian Center with no debt on it. How does God do these things? Well, we learned this about 35 years back from Oral Roberts. Every miracle begins with a seed. And we didn't play around with it. We sowed and sowed and sowed and sowed and sowed. And our wonderful, beautiful, Heavenly Father performed miracle after miracle, after miracle, after miracle, after miracle. Now let's review last Sunday. Go to Mark 4, 26. Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, although he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And every time I read those words in the Gospels, I pay extra special attention. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And what happens in this kingdom of God? A man scatters seed 
on the ground. And what is the result of doing what faith people do in the kingdom of God? All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. I'm talking about what the kingdom of heaven is like. I'm talking about a man, a woman, scattering seed. Now, our basic premise in this series is, if our giving isn't a stretch, then it isn't faith. Say it out loud. Everything produces after its own kind, and everything starts with a seed. So too must my miracle, so too must my miracle begin with a seed, and my seed will produce after its own kind. If you're taking notes, number one, everything produces after its own kind. Now, somebody might say, Pastor, this is awful basic. Well, people are so dumb, they don't know this in 2022. I shouldn't say dumb, deceived, deceived, deceived. I could go off course here, but I'm going to stay with the message. Look, there's never been a young boy and a young girl got married and went off on their honeymoon and didn't know what to do. You put a boy and a girl in a room and they're married, they figure it out. So nobody ever needed sex education ever. So sex education isn't about sex education. It's about teaching ungodly things to boys and girls. And every year that has gone by, it has devolved into something more immoral and ungodly. And now they're just sowing confusion, confusion, confusion. Confusion everywhere. Say it out loud, I'm not confused. I'm a born-again Christian. I've got a Bible. I can read. And I'm not confused. Amen. Genesis 1:11. then God said, then who said? Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. This is what we did two Sundays ago on Easter. Apple seeds produce apples. Apple seeds do not produce cantaloupe. Cantaloupe seeds produce cantaloupe. Cantaloupe seeds do not produce watermelon. Do you understand? Everything produces, this is God at work in the earth. This is how the work, this is how the earth works. And the same genius architect that designed our bodies is the same genius architect that created the soil. And he's the same genius architect that created the seeds. And it all works the same way. It all works the same way. Amen. Everything produces after its own kind. Every miracle of reproduction starts with a seed, and everything God does starts with a seed planted. Say it out loud, seed planted. So two Sundays ago on Easter, we had the packets of apple seeds and the packets of cantaloupe seeds and the packets of watermelon seeds, and we pointed out as long as the apple seed remains in the packet, it doesn't produce a tree that produces apples that have apple seeds in it. So it's got to come out of the package 
and it's got to be given to the earth. Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth, it yieldeth much fruit. For faith to work, there has to be an act then of believing, something that we do to release our faith. In order for our faith to work, it must be a seed faith. It must be an action of planting our seed in order for it to reproduce. These are some of the most important words you'll ever hear in your entire life. For our faith to work, there has to be an act of believing, something that we do in order to release our faith. In order for our faith to work, it must be a seed faith, an action of planting our seed in order for it to reproduce. Number two, everything starts with a seed. Number two, everything starts with a seed. Genesis 8:22. as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now the New Testament affirms this principle of seed time and harvest in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived, man cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. So this is not an Old Testament thing, a New Testament thing. This is an entire Bible thing. And Jesus continually likened faith to a seed being planted to get desirable and predictable results. Now listen to me. This, this is basic, but the bulk of the church has not comprehended these words. Jesus continually likened faith to a seed being planted to get desirable and predictable results. All right, so a boy and a girl get married and, uh, you know, let's say they have a, a few months, they're getting used to each other, maybe they're trying to pay some debt off, you know, but there comes a point. They decide, well, you know, we, we want a baby now. We want a baby now. We want a baby now. So what do you do? You go down to the baby store. You go see Dr. Fauci? Everything produces after its own kind, and it is all entirely predictable. So what do you do? Every miracle begins with a, a seed. It's not complicated. Tell your neighbor, it's not complicated. You know, it's just not complicated. And in the history of the world, there's never been a young boy and a young girl got married and uh, went on their honeymoon and nine months later became proud parents of a dolphin. <laughs> it's never happened in the history of the world. They, they ne not one time did they ever become proud parents of a cantaloupe. It's never happened. It is entire. I want you to see, I'm being ridiculous, but I'm being ridiculous for a reason. It is entirely predictable. And Satan has blinded the eyes of God's people and sown confusion. Where do you think these people got the idea of confusion? You think they're, they made it up on their own? No, they learned it from their father, the devil, to sow confusion. And you go to churches and they want you to believe that it's it's like going to Vegas, you know, that, that when a Christian prays, it's no different than standing there at a table in Vegas and saying, come on, lucky seven. This is utter nonsense. It is entirely predictable. We learned from one of our daddies in the faith, Oral Roberts himself, 
that it is entirely predictable. And Jesus was trying to teach us how to direct and to control our faith. Now, somebody might fall out with that, but it's like being a fireman. Have you ever been around a fire? Have you ever seen the incredible amount of water that comes out of one of those hoses? And it can take two or three men to hold that hose. But the hose is giving direction to that water that hopefully is putting a fire out. Well, I've always thought of faith like a fire hose, and I am in charge. I get to direct which way it is pointed. And if I need healing, I can point it there. If I need a car, I can point it there. If I want a car paid off, I can point it there. And when I achieve my goal, well, then I just move over 10 degrees, and I uh, focus my faith and the power of my faith on something else. I am the farmer. I choose where and how to plant the seed. I choose what kind of seed to sow. I decide how I am going to focus on my seed every day. I learned this in February of 2018. The Lord said, you're letting go of things. And so I began carrying around a piece of paper when I pray. So I go over the same stuff and I make my confessions over the same stuff. And then when the Lord answers that prayer, knocks that out. And some of this is big stuff. Some of this is big stuff. You know, I'm believing God for a hundredfold on $50,000 that the church gave to a mission, uh, an evangelist. It takes time for uh, a half, a, um, it takes time for $5 million to march in the door. So I just stay with it. I just stay with it. I just stay with it. And then the time comes, it's knocked out. Before that, I was praying over a hundredfold return on $39,000 we had given a minister. He was raising money for this and that. And I was making my confession every day, a hundredfold on the $39,000. I walked, here, walked in here on a Friday morning a couple of years back, and I start out, I'm making my confessions, and the Lord said, that money's already come in. Well, I made a note to myself when I got back to my laptop to check it out. And sure enough, the $3.9 million had already come in. That's why now I'm focused on a hundredfold return on $50,000 Faith Christian Center gave to a different minister. Can you see this? I stay with it. I stay with it because night or day, whether I'm awake or whether I slumber, the seed knows its business and the seed is reproducing itself, but I have to water it every 24 hours with my confession of faith over the seed. Amen. Say amen. amen. Am I helping anybody this morning? Yes. Jesus said, Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. But now listen. This only works if you have faith as a seed. We got a lot of Christians out here making a lot of confessions and nothing ever shows up. And the reason is they don't have faith as a seed. And Jesus said, if you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. But nothing being impossible for you and your speaking to the mountain is all based on having faith as a seed. If you have faith as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed or if your believing becomes seed faith. See, believing and faith are not the same thing. 
Believing and faith are not the same thing. Believing and faith are not the same thing. I faced this yesterday. I started out, I was doing pretty good. I was eating broccoli. I was eating cauliflower. You know, I had some walnuts. But uh, as the day went by, see, my believing was correct. That if I would have a broccoli and cauliflower day, I'd wake up on Sunday morning and I would weigh less than I did on Saturday. There was nothing wrong with my believing. My believing was 100% correct. The problem was I did not mix action with my believing. And as the day went on and Sue was off running errands, I just got into the pantry. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. But I want you to see it. Believing and faith are not the same thing. You can have total 100% correct believing and it do you no good whatsoever. And I don't know what it is about. It's not just Christians, it's people. This is why Bernie Sanders is so popular, even though it is utter nonsense. Because it's not Christians, it's just people in general. They don't want to hear about how they have to take action. They want to hear about how they can shandai, rondai, tie my bow tie, should have bought a Honda, and all their debt will be paid off by Tuesday. But it doesn't work like that. I said it doesn't work like that. If it worked like that, there'd be nobody here this morning with any debt whatsoever. No, you can have totally, absolute, correct believing and not get any traction in life or with the Lord. So believing is not faith and faith is not believing. Now, pastor, are you saying it's not important to have correct believing? No, of course not. We've got to believe the right stuff. I mean, right, 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 right. I mean, I've always believed I was a guy. So it's important, but... If when, when, I, when we decided we wanted children, well, you can't just believe you're a guy and Sue just can't believe she's a gal. You got to take action on what you believe. Do you understand? I said, do you understand? And when you take action on what you believe, when you're believing is correct, back up. When you take action on what you believe, whether you're believing is correct or incorrect, you are going to have corresponding Results. I mean, you could believe that if you go down here to Albertsons and rob them after church, that you will not get caught. You could believe that. Take action on that, but you are going to get the results of what you did. On the positive, well, I'm an example. When I stood on the scale this morning, I was living with the results of what I chose to do yesterday. See, we all want to blame God. We all want to blame the devil. Or we want to go to therapy, pay $450 an hour because we have no friends, nobody to talk to, and tell them how that mommy did us wrong. But it's all the blame game. I said it's all the blame game. See, ain't nothing going to happen in your life on the positive side until you can bring yourself to look in the mirror and say, buddy, you are responsible. Amen. Amen. So if it's going to be, it's up to me. That's what we used to learn at those positive motivational seminars. Say it out loud. If it's going to be, it's up to me. 
So if you have faith as a seed or if your believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems to be, it will meet needs and problems that appear as impossible as mountains before you. This is because each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied many times over. Everywhere you look in nature, I mean, it's springtime, right? Everywhere you look in nature, the earth is in production and the principles of seed time and harvest are at work. Seed is planted. The soil is cultivated. And the mighty productive forces of the earth come to bear to produce a harvest of like kind. For too many of God's people, faith and the word of God are hit and miss propositions. This is why so many go to conventions and hope they will hit a miracle of healing. But what Jesus tries to show us in his words is how we can control and direct our faith at all times. Say it out loud. Everything produces after its own kind. And everything starts with a seed. So too must my miracle start with a seed. And my seed will produce after its own kind. You know, people just don't seem to understand this. You can't be mean to your wife and, you know, get a sweetheart. You know, if you're sowing meanness, well, you're going to get meanness back. And she may be devious about it. I mean, she may act nice to your face, but she's doing something to you some way, somehow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Like the seed the farmers plant and the subsequent harvest that they take to market, why can't we use our faith in a similar fashion to get predictable results every time? Jesus said, Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth. And this generation, you mark my words, this generation is going to be judged very harshly because they would not believe the words of Father God and they would not believe the words of Jesus, but they bought every word that proceeded from the mouth of Fauci. I tell you the truth. Tell your neighbor, he's telling you the truth. Tell the neighbor on the other side, he's telling you the truth. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, nothing will be impossible for you. If you have faith as a seed or if your believing becomes seed faith, Jesus said nothing will be impossible for you. This means whatever you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. Through his creative power at work and his principle of seed time and harvest, God made it possible for a person to conceive, to believe, and to get predictable results every time. And this vision is literally all around us. Everywhere we look, we can see the harvest in the fields, bursting forth from the tiny seeds planted months before and carefully tended. In our shrub bed right now, we've got a softleaf yucca, and it just keeps having babies. And so, you know, I, I don't want a whole shrub bed full of softleaf yuccas. They're cool, but I don't need a hundred of them. And so, you know, I have the guy pull them out, and I give it away to somebody, and I, then more babies. And I pull them out and give them away, give, give them away, I don't... I mean, is the, this principle is at work all around us. In my yard, in my, I don't know what kind of grace, because I've planted different things at different times, but it's seeding right now. And the grass seed produces grass. It doesn't produce avocados. This vision that this 
genius architect our Father God put into the earth is all around us. But God's people miss it. And please note that the farmer is in control of the seeds he plants. The farmer is in control of the type of seeds he plants. And the farmer is in control of the quantity of the seed he plants. Consequently, the farmer is in control of the harvest he reaps, both in kind and quantity. Now, see, we live in a world of judging. We live in a generation of judging. Everybody wants to run around judging you. Now, nobody judges the guy on the bong. Nobody judges the guy that, uh, you know, shot somebody. Nobody judges the criminal. In fact, they make, they're, they're erecting statues to, to a guy that robbed a woman at shotgun point by pointing the shotgun to her pregnant belly. That's the, that's the country we live in today. But if you get a new Mercedes or if you buy a nice house, then they want to come along and judge you. But it's like a guy that owns 100 acres and he doesn't plow it and he doesn't sow any seed in the field judging the next door neighbor who's got a hundred acres and he plowed it and he sowed a hundred acres with corn and now he gets to reap a hundred acres of corn. Well, I don't believe, I don't see, I don't accept that the guy who did nothing has got any right to judge the guy who did something. And it's actually worse than that now because they take 37% of your corn and then on top of that, you still get judged. Because you did something. They ought to be happy somebody's doing something. Because if, if, if somebody wasn't doing something, they couldn't take 37% of what somebody was doing. I don't know what it is. 49 years. People just, I don't know if they don't have eyes to see it, they don't have ears to hear it, or if it's prejudice. It's so simple. It is so simple. We started out, I had a $600, 68 Firebird, get a sexy Firebird out of your mind. It was an Army Green uh, three-speed automatic straight six cylinder. It should never have been built, but that's what was available on my father's lot, $600 Firebird and $400 Sue's grandpa had given us. All the money I had made selling cookware was gone, buying wedding gifts for Sue, buying her ring, and having no debt. We had no debt. We got in a car. We headed to Texas. And look what God's done. He's multiplied us by, uh, last time I looked, it was a million forty-five thousand percent. But we didn't sit still. We tied, and we sowed, and we sowed, and we sowed, and we sowed, and we sowed. And people don't want to sow a thing, and then they want to come along and judge you. People don't want to take action and then they want to come along and judge you. There's a video online of a guy in this church 
standing press, doing a standing press with a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds, that's a lot of weight. A thousand pounds, you know. There's no point in me being jealous. There's no point in me judging him. There's no, because it took a lot of work to get to be able to standing press a thousand pounds. I don't care. I'm not doing it. I'm not interested in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there's no point in being jealous of some other guy's abs or some other guy's ability. Or so. No, if, in other words, if it's important to you, well, you got to take action. And some things like that may not matter to you. Somebody might have won a fishing championship. I'm not interested in that. But if it's something I'm interested in, how about, how about paying a house off? I think nearly everybody here this morning might be interested in that, Amen. right? Well, if I don't prepay on my mortgage, I have no right to judge the next guy who prepaid on his mortgage and paid his mortgage off. But that's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. And I realize, you know, I'm a smart guy. I'm getting off course, but I'm being led by the Spirit. That's, that's why I get a reaction. Because, see, we have been doers of the Word of God. So we're not like the losers people have been listening to. It's amazing to me. You would not call up the brokerage house this week and say, I want the losingest stockbroker you got because he must be down on his luck and he probably doesn't have many clients, but I want to be a help and I want to be a blessing. And somebody died and left me $5 million. And so I want the losingest stockbroker you got to manage this $500, this $5 million in inheritance. Nobody does that. I said, nobody does that. Nobody goes to the gym and finds the 500-pound fitness trainer and says, uh, I want you to be my fitness trainer because I figure that it'll be a blessing to you if, if you spend time with me telling me what to do, well, maybe it'll help you too. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. But when it comes to picking a preacher, when it comes to picking a pastor, they find the losingest dude in the entire county. You know why? I can hear Shambach right now. Because if the preacher's messed up, you don't feel as bad about where you are. But nobody learns how to play tennis by playing with somebody worse, who's worse at tennis than they are. If you want to learn how to play tennis and learn how to do better, you have to play with somebody who's better at tennis than you are. And listen, if I have been a tither, for 61 years, if I have been a doer of the Word of God for these 46 years we've been married and God didn't bless me, you ought to grab your hair and run for the hills. Are you hearing me? But I'm here to tell you this morning, God's Word is true. God's Word is good. And the results of being a doer of the Word of God are entirely predictable. Tell your neighbor, it's entirely predictable. See, and the land doesn't care who the farmer is. This is what ought to be taught in public schools and universities. The land doesn't care who the farmer is. The, the land never looked up and said to the guy on the tractor, hey, uh, you're black. The land never looked up and said to the person on the tractor, hey, you're a woman. The land does not care who the farmer is. 
if it's a Vietnamese person or a Chinese person or a Nigerian person or an American person or a Mexican person or a man or a woman, the land does not care who the farmer is. So there, all your excuses go right out the window. Amen. If you have some land and you plant tomatoes and I have some land and I plant tomatoes, the land's not going to rebel against one of us because of our uh, nationality. or be You can even talk to your tomato plants in Swahili or uh, Spanish or Portuguese. The seed doesn't care what language you use talking to it. Amen. Amen. The earth is bilingual, multilingual. The ground the farmer sows into was designed by God to reproduce whatever was sown into it. I'm here to tell you it works. I don't know what possessed us to do this. But at our first house, we were somewhere and we came across this cactus. And we thought, we're from up north. We never had a cactus. And what possessed us to do this? And we, we took it home and we put it in the shrub bed at our first house. And it multiplied. And it did not make beautiful shrubs. It made what? Cacti. And I'm telling you, and then you, you pull them up and what, are they, what comes up the next year? Cacti. And more cacti. And more cacti. So you don't want to be planting something you don't want to see around your life tomorrow. Amen. The ground the farmer sows into is designed by God to reproduce whatever was sown into it. And the inevitable result is a harvest of like kind. Say it out loud. A harvest of like kind. And also, you do realize, right, I know we're so far removed from the land, how do farmers make a living? How do farmers make a living? How do ranchers make a living? Because when, whatever you plant does not just come back in like kind. Whatever you come back comes back what? Multiplied. 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 That's how farmers make a living. That's how ranchers make a living. Take our salvation, for example. We said at the beginning, everything produces after its own kind. Everything starts with a seed. God wanted us to receive his life, his salvation, his miracle of salvation. But every, seed, every miracle must begin with a seed. And so God planted a seed in the earth and his name was Jesus. And Jesus reproduces after his own kind. This is why people who have been reproduced after Jesus' kind, don't blow up airplanes. Everything produces after its own kind. And if we're really born again, the end result is we will be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it out loud. Everything produces after its own kind. And every miracle starts with a seed. So too must my miracle start with a seed. And my seed will produce after its own kind. Number three, 
If we have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for us. Say it out loud. If we have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for us. Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Number four, every, since everything produces after its own kind, you can plant a seed for what you need. Number four, since everything produces after its own kind, you can plant a seed for what you need. Remember, too, that the farmer is in control of the seeds he plants. The farmer is in control of the type of seeds he plants. And the farmer is in control of the quantity of the seeds he plants. Consequently, the farmer is in control of the harvest he reaps both in kind and in quantity. Everything produces after its own kind. Every miracle of reproduction starts with a seed and everything God does starts with a seed planted. So if we will have faith as a seed, nothing is impossible for us. I said if we will have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for us. So for faith to work, there has to be an act of believing. An act of believing. There has to be an act of believing. For faith to work, there has to be an act of believing. Something that we do. Something that we do. Something that we do to release our faith. In order for our faith to work, it must be a seed faith of action, of planting our seed in order for it to reproduce. Number five, whatever you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. Whatever you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Why is that? Because Jesus said, nothing will be impossible for you. Now, when we started out in this, we heard this from him about 35 years back. And, and we had been giving all along. We had been giving all along. Now, I could, I could go off on a side journey here and tell you the, the problem. And the problem is, I dealt with it a little bit Wednesday night. God and his word are one. Both Kenneth Hagin and Fred Price used to teach old school stuff that a man is no better than his word. So if a, if a man's word is no good, that man is no good. And God and his word are one. I, I don't have time to go there. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was, was God in the beginning. So people say, well, you're just trying to make the word God. No, we're not trying to do that because God already did that. God and his word are one. So what these preachers have done, what these preachers have done, because they hired consultants, and the consultants determined that people don't like offerings, so they stopped having offerings, and the consultants concluded that people don't like hearing the Word of God, and uh, so they stopped having the Word of God in their sermons. And then the consultant said, even if you do mention a verse, don't give the reference. Because if you don't give the reference, they won't even know it's the Word of God. So it's kind of like sneaking in the Word of God into a sermon. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. So what these preachers have done is they have robbed God's people of faith and that's why they're such fans of Bernie Sanders because they have no faith. And so, and, and so it's no problem at all because they have no faith to violate one of the Ten Commandments and that is 
Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. They have no faith to go get it for themselves, so they vote for some politician to take it from their neighbor and put it in their pocket. But here's the other thing they did. They robbed God's people of love for the word. And God and his word are one. So when you don't love the word, you don't love God. That, sounds, that seems to be, sounds like a harsh statement, but it is not harsh at all. If you don't love God's word, you don't love God. Because God and his word are one. We live in a generation, we live in a world where they want to fault find, not just with the preacher, but they want to fault find with the Word of God. When you go through the Bible and you fault find with the Bible, you are fault finding with God. But if you fault find with Dr. Fauci on Facebook or Twitter, you're going to lose your account. People just don't love the Lord. I went to him about this years ago. He said, son, there's nothing you can do about that. And I thought, well, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me, but I'm going to try anyway. You know, I, I've got a decent IQ, I guess. But I was just a B-plus student. I was telling Sue the other night, my senior paper was on Winston Churchill, and I loved it. I loved, man, I loved studying about Winston Churchill. Only time in my entire life I got an A in English. So I didn't do all this by my smarts. And as smart as Sue is, we didn't do all this by her smarts. And when we started out, we didn't know anything about faith. We didn't know anything about faith. I probably learned, at that point when we got married, I had learned more about faith from Zig Ziglar than I had from any man of God. But we had something people don't seem to have today. We loved the Lord. And we loved His Word. And we wanted to see people saved and not go to hell. And so... The leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come along and give us an opportunity to give. And the, the Holy Spirit of God would speak to us to give. And because we love the Word and because we love God and because we love people, we would take action and we would give. Amen. See, a lot of it happened without us even knowing the principles. But you got people today and they know all the principles, but they won't take action on it. And I think the reason is people just don't love the Lord. They don't love the Word. They don't love other people. Through his creative power at work and his principle of seed time and harvest, God has made it possible for a person to conceive and to believe and get predictable results every time. I'm talking about what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed. I'm talking about what the kingdom of God is like. And so over these years, we sowed and we sowed and we sowed and we sowed and we sowed. Listen, let me, t let, me let the hair down a little bit. I'm running out of time. 
But let me tell you how we survived the meltdown, how this church survived the meltdown. Let me tell you how this church survived the meltdown. I didn't handle it too well. I confess, I didn't handle it too well. I handled the COVID, the coronavirus fear and panic fest a whole lot better than I handled, handled the meltdown. But here's how we survived the meltdown. We moved in here, man, we had huge overhead. You have never heard me tell what the payment was. And you're not ever going to hear me tell you what the payment was because it would rock your world and you'd fall off your chair. And we moved in here just in time for the meltdown. And I realized as we were going through the meltdown that we weren't making it week by week. We weren't making it month by month. But I, I noticed, I took notice, I noticed that every so often God gave us a miracle. And so I had the office start making a list of these miracles. And I'm telling you what, $200,000, a quarter of a million dollars, $300,000. I mean, it was like every so often a, a, a miracle just marched in the door. And I was very grateful. I was very grateful. I tell you, I was very grateful. It saved our bacon. But that's when I made up my mind. I'm going to learn how to control and direct my faith so that for the rest of my days, I don't ever want another miracle. I mean, I'll take all you'll give me, but I don't want to be in need of another miracle. Are you hearing me this morning? But the way we did it was by our giving. We were sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed. And you go to sleep at night and you don't even know that God's working. You don't even know the Holy Spirit's working. You don't even know the angels of God are working. And you don't even know how it works. You don't have to understand how it works. All you got to do is take action on what you know to do. And what you know to do is in the Word of God. I'm talking about what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed. And believing is not faith. And faith is not believing. You can have absolute, total, correct believing. But if you don't take action on the total, correct believing, you're not going to get the desired result. And everybody gets focused on the mustard seed. I remember a, uh, an evangelist when I was in high school and he was giving out little tiny vials of mustard seeds. Uh, the, look, the seed doesn't matter. It's not about that. He's saying as tiny as a mustard seed. What does that mean? You got to start where you are. You got to start where you are. I mean, if all you have to plant is a dollar, all you got to plant is a dollar. If all you have to plant is $10, all you got to plant is $10. You got to start where you are. You got to start where you are. You got to take action. Faith as a seed means taking action on the Word of God. And it's the taking action on the Word of God that brings the miracles. Amen. I give you the credit, the glory, and the honor for everything done here. And I thank you, Father God that you gave us wisdom somehow, some way to listen to the right men of God because the land now is full of hucksters and grifters. But I thank you, Father God, for those that you gave us. And we heard, we disciplined ourselves to hear the right word and we disciplined our hearing and here we are living in the fat of the land. I give you the credit, the glory, and the honor, Father God, and I pray that you'd give these people eyes to see and ears to hear because it's here for them. It's here for them, Father God. Your world, your earth, the principles you put into it are here for the people. 
Let's bow our heads. You might be here this morning. You've never given Jesus your life. See, God, want, God didn't want you to die and go to hell. God didn't want you to live without God forever in hell. God didn't want you to live undone and defeated and kicked around by the devil. And God knew you couldn't save yourself. So how did God perform the miracle of salvation? He planted a seed. In the womb of that Virgin Mary who became Jesus. And he lived a sinless life. But even though he lived a sinless life and performed many miracles while he was here on this earth, he was put to death by religious folks, jealous religious folks and government. And they crucified him. They murdered him. But God did not suffer his Holy One to see corruption. And on the third day, Father God raised him from the dead. And Jesus is alive. And he wants to give you a life that is made alive. And if you're sick, he wants to heal your body. If you're broken in your spirit, he wants to revive your spirit. If you're bound by anything, he wants to set you free and set you loose. If you're poor, he wants to bless you so you're not poor anymore. Yes, the abundant life, he called it. That's what he came to bring you. And Satan seeks to keep you in the dark, to keep you ignorant of what God has done and to get you prejudiced against the Bible and to get you prejudiced against hearing the Bible. But man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. It's all good. How many here this morning would say, Pastor, I've never given my heart to God, Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want to this morning. See, Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said, you must be born again. Revelation 3, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that, but I want to this morning. I want to partake of this miracle of salvation that Father God has provided for me through the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. You might be here this morning and you're away from God. You're backslidden. You took it all for granted. And you're not alive unto God like you used to be. You're not living for the Lord like you used to be, like you used to. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I'm undone. I'm not living for the Lord like I used to. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Let's see where you are. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It is an incorruptible seed. It has gone forth into the hearts of the hearers and it will not return to you empty or void, but it will accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you've sent it. And for this, I give you my praise. Everybody in the room, lift your hands up, up and say, thank you, Father God, for the miracle of reproduction and the miracle of seed sowing. Thank you, Father God, that I've heard this word and I know because it's from your Bible that it will work for me and it will take me to higher and better places. And I thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, amen.